Good morning, Life Center. How is everybody doing today? Wonderful. It's great to see everybody here this morning. It's starting to feel like Maryland summer out there. Amen. I, I'm, I'm hoping that this year, you know, we don't have to, I don't have to continue investing in all of the gopher wood to build the ark that I needed last summer. Um, so it's looking like we're off to a good start. It's great to see everybody here today. Our guests, thank you so much for choosing to be with us at Life Center this morning. Um, there's lots of places you could go, but this is definitely the best place to be, right? So thank you. We applaud you for being here today, and we thank you for that. Amen. All right, so we are, we are wrapping up the last in our big church series um, today, and it's going to be uh, maybe a little different than normal, but I'm not so sure what normal is, um, but it'll just be a little bit different. Uh, so I want to just kind of remind everybody that if you haven't been here for the full five weeks that we've been doing this, just a real quick snapshot. Jesus was the first person to use the word church when he was talking to his disciples, and it actually comes from a word which is, is Greek, it's ekklesia, which basically means a gathering or a movement, not the church like the steeple and open the doors and here's all the people. You guys maybe don't know that. Anyway, um, so it's, it's really all about spreading the good news of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. When Jesus came out of the grave, everything changed. Everything changed. Because from that moment prior to then, there was this great disconnect between man and his creator. And when Jesus came and took on the form of flesh, did all the things we do, struggled with all the things we struggled with, yet did it without sin, when he paid the ultimate price with his life, and then when he came out of the tomb, everything changed for us. And so that launched the church. That launched the, the movement that we are, we are pursuing to be a part of and we talked about the first believers whenever they were when they experienced the outpouring of the Spirit of God the first time, and that they began to share the message, and they they came against some persecution, they struggled, and they they were beaten, they were put in jail. They're like, I didn't think this was going to be the path, but instead of praying for an easier way, they just prayed that God would give them boldness. So we talked about bold prayers one week, right? Just praying for the impossible, stretching our faith, asking God for things that don't directly affect us, not for my life to be wonderful, but for me to be able to impact the kingdom of God in a significant way. Very different prayers. We talked about that. And then last week, we talked about the impact that Christianity, that Christ followers has had on our world. It's made a difference. It's still making a difference. And, and there's one thing I just want you to take away from today. The culmination of everything we've been talking about um, is all about this. It's my turn. It's our turn. Look at your neighbor and say, it's our turn now. How do we fit into big church, into, into Jesus' uh, definition or idea of the chosen or the called, the called ones, the ecclesia, the movement that was going to spread the message of hope around the globe. And so that's what we're part of. And we're going to talk about today. What does that look like? What is my, what is my Monday morning at 10 o'clock? What does that look like when I'm talking about big church? What does Wednesday afternoon look like? Right? That's where we live, right? We don't live here on Sundays. We live everywhere else through the week. And that's where Jesus needs to shine. Do you agree with that? The church as a movement has had, historically speaking, some negative press, and we've touched on this a couple of times through this series of, of messages. But, you know, it, just looking back through history, 
Church has been hijacked by self-serving people with terrible motives, right? If you can just read a little bit about history, you'll find that there was a lot of stuff done under the banner of church that was immoral, uh, wrong. It's been used to justify slavery, oppression, bigotry, even murder. Wars have been fought under the banner of church. Uh, mosques, synagogues, churches have been desecrated and burned under the name of my religion is better than yours, <laughs> right? Uh, all of these things, you know, people are the ones that mess up God's stuff, right? We, we have a tendency... To, to just mess up God's plan. We just can't help ourselves, right? We're, we're good at it. So because of that, church has become, in some cases, complicated, cold, exclusive, lifeless, ritualistic. It's formal. It's not a relationship thing. And in many cases, it's been used to manipulate and control people by the masses. We've had mass suicides under the banner of church and following Christ. So it gets a lot of bad press. But in all that noise... What really happens, the good that really happens, you know, I, bad news sells so much better than good news does, right? When is the last time you saw headlines about someone that did something amazing? That's going to be at the end of the hour when they're wrapping things up. Oh, by the way, someone saved a life. Carry on. Let's go to commercial. <laughs> All right, someone jumped in front of a bullet for somebody else, but we'll go, we, we'd will rather talk about the guy that did the shooting because that's where the darkness is, right? So, so it gets a lot of bad press, but let me just tell you, just... Just to give you some perspective of things that have been done under the name of Jesus or under the name of church. I grew up overseas. I've been in villages that are rural, and I've seen built hospitals and clinics that were put there, not by a, not by a government organization, not by a philanthropist, but churches. Churches build schools all over the world. Churches have built hospitals all over the world under the name of Jesus. Right? There's good stuff that happens. Millions of people every day are fed and clothed because people believe in a God that, that teaches life change. Right? And so they give of themselves. Billions and billions of dollars have been raised and given and spent to build churches, to build schools, to teach the gospel, and to care for the needs of others. I really like this. Right, America was founded. A big part of our country was built upon slavery because where we came from, they believed in slavery. They lived with that. That was part of their operation. And so we just transferred that with us, that way of thinking. But in England, they began to fight. The abolitionists began to fight against slavery. And, and, and then, then we had the abolitionist movement in, in our country. And, and many people, they, they sacrificed their lives to, to fight against something, that an institution really they thought was wrong because it is God's plan for every man to be free. And they believed it enough that they... It would, to their own detriment, people paid so that people could be free and experience freedom. So that's because of Jesus. That's because churches believed in the right thing and they fought for the right thing. Missionaries have traveled all over the world risking their lives to spread the gospel so that people that would... I have been to places, me, I have been to places that have never seen a white person. They have never seen an English-speaking person. I went to an island and... When we got off the boat, you would have thought we just floated down from heaven. People were looking at us like we came from another land, <laughs> like literally another land, like space land. <laughs> and we were able to share the gospel in that same place. We baptized people in the water surrounding the place where we were. It's amazing to be the first person to share the gospel with someone that's never heard it before. People do that. It's happening now. 
It's pretty amazing, right? Every single day, the kingdom of heaven grows. People are confessing their faith in Christ daily. We just don't know about it. I've said this before, that in China, behind the Iron Curtain, the fastest growing Christian movement is there because the message of the truth and the gospel will always be shared and will always be preached because Jesus changes lives. Churches are being expanded, planted. Uh, there's one organization that I follow, and they, they, to date, they've planted 45 churches a year in our country. 45 new churches every year. That's amazing. That's just one group, people that are sharing the gospel. So what does that look like? What does that look like to us at Life Center? What is, what is that? Let me just give you just a little synopsis of how much we believe in this message of good news, how much we believe that the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the thing that changes our lives. It's the difference maker. Many years ago in the 60s, this church was founded, built physically by the blood, sweat, and tears of people. Some of them are still here, peppered through this congregation, literally built this building. If you've, if you've been on the work cruise and we've done, we've done a lot of demo in here and we've added on stuff and we've remodeled stuff, but anytime we start digging in behind the, the paint, the drywall, and the studs, you'll see where the church grew, literally grew. Like it was this size, and they added on another section. They added on another section. And back here in the office, there's a floor that kind of slopes because they added on a section. <laughs> right? This church has literally grown. And so people that believe in this message, believe that the community of Essex needed to hear the good news of Jesus Christ, literally, physically built this building and shared this message in these neighborhoods. That's pretty amazing. And we're sitting here today, you may be new to this place, but let me tell you something, it was literally planted, it was literally watered, and it literally grew to where it is today, which is pretty awesome when you look at the magnitude of what has been poured into just sharing the gospel with our neighbors. In recent years, we've gone through kind of a, a focusing of, of who are we called to reach, and we believe, and, and you can see this on the screen, I want you to pay attention to this, we believe we're called to reach people that know little or nothing about Jesus and people that have been deeply wounded by religion. People that know little or nothing about Jesus or people that have been deeply wounded, that's who we are called to reach. So this church is not like a one-size-fits-all. You may not like it, but this is who God's called us to reach. And as the saying goes, come hell or high water, we are going to reach this group of people because that's who he called us to share the good news with. The good news is we know that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. And that's a direct quote from the Bible when Jesus said to his disciples the first time the word ecclesia was ever mentioned was in that context. Come on, that's pretty awesome. That is pretty awesome. So if you look around, the people that are in this room, these are people that fit in that category. People that, that you know, we, we also believe around here that, that church is not, our church is not made for the church goer. In other words, if you come to church here, you consider Life Center your home, and you're a part of this group, and you're a part of this dream team, and you're a part of the people that believe in this vision, we don't have church for you right? We have church for the people that don't know Christ or know very little about him or people that have been wounded by religion. So the reason why you're here is to make a space for someone that's not here, right? The reason why we work here, the reason why we pour into things on Sunday morning or whenever something is going on here is because there's an empty seat behind you or beside you and there's somebody that needs to be in that seat. And everything we do here is for that person that does not know Jesus Christ, 
That's what we live for, right? That's why we're here. So a lot of our things that we do may not cater to certain, uh, certain needs or certain whims. It's not about that. We're, re- we're reaching people that know little or nothing about Christ and people that have been deeply wounded by religion. All right, I'm going to say it enough till we get it. Right? These are the people that we're looking for. And I, I recently had a post that popped up on my feed this, this week, and, and I'm going to pop it up here because I want you guys to see this. Someone posted this. It says, if a drug addict that shows up to your church in blue jeans looking for God offends you, then you are the first one that needs to be at the altar. I totally agree with that. But the comment was, I know one thing for sure. It's not like that at 200 North Marlin. Love my church family. Right? That is what we are. That is who we are. And you know what? It, we fight to keep this place a safe place. You know, if, how many of you have membership to Planet Fitness? How many of you have memberships to Planet Fitness? All right, clearly, I have one. <laughs> I just worry about the internal stuff, you know, my heart rate and all. There's, <laughs> there's a big sign in there that says it's a judgment-free zone, right? That's their claim to fame, you know, no lunks or whatever, right? No guys drinking out of the big water jugs. What? No, it's a judgment-free zone. We fight. And when I say fight, we fight to keep this place a safe place. If we're too good for broken people, we don't need to be here. If we get to a point where that description somehow fits us, we're off target. Are you with me? Are you with me? You may be in a great spot today. And that stuff may be a way, a long way in your rearview mirror, but I can assure you there's someone today that is not sure they'll make it to tomorrow. That's who we are here for. And that's who you are here for. Just to give you a snapshot, this little, this little church on the corner, we get some stuff done. All of you out there that contribute and fight and push, we get some stuff done. We've provided dinners for families in our community for Thanksgiving and Christmas for over 20 years. You know, most of them we'll never see. Doesn't matter, does it? It doesn't matter. For about two years, we provided lunches and backpacks at a local school. No recognition. I don't know if any kids ever came from it. It really doesn't matter. We had a need. We were able to provide a solution for that need. Prime timers. Pastor Philip leads this group of people. These guys are rock stars. They're in nursing homes. They're doing stuff with people. They're connecting with people. They're engaging with people. We don't even realize all of us young people don't, <laughs> don't even realize the impact that the Prime Timers group is having in our community. They're making, they are living out the gospel. They care for each other. They're, they nurture each other. They're spreading the love of Jesus all the time. There's a group called Sheer Desperation, I think, that meets in this building. I got nothing. I got no hoop. There we go. Thank you. Thank you. This small group, uh, a recovery group that meets here at 6 o'clock every day, they are life changers, world changers. And people are being impacted just through the love of Christ that those guys exude every week. I think it's one of the largest groups in the area. It's packed. If you've never been to one of their groups, man, it's amazing. I've been here before, and you can't find a seat. You can't find a place to park. The place is packed. It's amazing. It is amazing. It's the gospel. 
There's a resurrected Christ that they are leading people to, fighting uh, addiction and helping people through recovery. And Jesus is the one that's behind it, making it all possible. It's changing lives. Don't stop. It's what we're here for. I want to walk you a little further besides the Essex community to tell you what we do. Internationally, we do some pretty cool stuff. You guys know Bishop and Linda McIntyre. They are the son and daughter-in-law of the man that physically built this building. They're going to feed you. So, so they retired from pastoring. And instead of getting a motorhome and cruising around the country and traveling, that kind of stuff, and you know, just living the good life, they travel. But they travel for six, eight months in a foreign country, continuing to spread the gospel. Amen. These two people, look at them. They're in some, I think they're in Papua New Guinea right there. I mean, really? <laughs> they're just spreading the love of Jesus from here. Those people don't even know what Essex is. Right? It's amazing. It is amazing. We sponsor a family, Dan and Heidi Wright. They live in the Philippines. There's their family right there. That little girl they're holding is adopted. She's a Filipino child they adopted. These guys are like modern day, I don't know, um, Pauls. Like they are, they are living missions work. There's another picture up here of him uh, just they're, they're introducing another young lady who is now volunteering over there. Like, we're a part of the gospel spreading in another country. And most of you guys, they, Dan and Heidi were here one time, but you probably don't even remember. But we're supporting the message of hope that spread now into the Philippines. They, they are in the trenches, in the trenches fighting. The next picture is Mike and Annika Painter. These guys, that, so context, those are normal-sized humans. So that's a very large bookcase. Do you know every book in that bookcase is a Bible in another language? We get to sponsor that. And those two people, you're like, oh, do they sit at a computer or a printer? No, that, that one guy is like, uh, he's an accountant, and his wife is an educator. And they are making the mechanism work. Their goal is to have the Bible in every known language in the world. And our little corner... 200 North Marlin, right? We're printing a Bible somewhere right now. That's amazing. That's, that's what we're part of. When we talk about big church, when we talk about the ecclesia that Jesus dreamed of, that's part of it, spreading that message in any way, form, or fashion. We have VBS here every year. It's always packed out with kids in our community. We love it. It's amazing, and we're investing. We're pouring into kids in our community because we believe that they're important, and they need to hear the gospel. What is our responsibility to this group that Jesus called? It's very simple. Jesus gave us an example. He, he showed us how to be the church. Ironically, enough, when he came, he flipped everything on its ear, religious-wise. He, he didn't do it the normal way. He did go to the synagogues, but that's not where he did his ministry. He did his ministry at the marketplace, on the hillside. He did it where people were hurting. He would sit with somebody that was an unbeliever, and by the time he left, their life was ch were changed. He, would, he was mixing up the message of hope to the people that needed it most. And so in John chapter 13, he had just finished an intimate connection with his disciples. They had had, they had, had uh, their their uh, Passover meal together, and he, he washes their feet, and then he tells them this. He says, I've set an example for you that you should do as I have done for you. In other words, now in 2019, looking back, spreading the good news of Jesus Christ, he said, I've shown you how to do it, and now I'm asking you to do it too. 
because people need to know this. <clears throat> Jesus gave a call to build this church. In Matthew 28, 19, one of the last things he said to his followers before he left, go and make disciples. One version says followers of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. This was the message. Jesus said, I want you to make followers in every nation. Spread this gospel. Tell people that I'm not dead, I'm alive, and my spirit is moving in the world, and it will change their life. Paul explained it. I love the way Paul writes it in 2 Corinthians. It's basically what Jesus said to do in Matthew. Paul explains it because he's living it out. He says this, 2 Corinthians 5, 18. All this, this message of the good news, all this from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ. Now pay attention here. And gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is mind-blowing. Not only did he show us the way, not only did he redeem us and reconcile us back to himself, but he gave us something. And that something was the, the ability to do that same thing for other people. He gave to us the ministry of reconciliation. In other words, take what he gave to you and go give it to as many people as you possibly can because it's up to us to do it. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he says it again, and he has committed to us this message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. As though God were making his appeal through us. That is what we're doing. When you share your story with someone else, when you let someone know what God has done in your life, you are sharing that message. You are being the ambassador. You are making the appeal to that person on God's behalf because he's given to you the ability to have reconciliation as part of your life. I said it last week. The people that, that understand how to give forgiveness are the ones that they have experienced it. Those of us that don't think we've ever again been forgiven of too much, it's hard for us to forgive. But those of us that have been forgiven a lot, it's easy because we realize, who am I to hold back? <laughs> who am I to hold back? We implore you, Paul says, on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. And this is where it gets fun. We will do everything in our power to pursue the vision of reaching people that know little or nothing about Christ and have been deeply wounded by religion. We'll do whatever we possibly can. Every, every penny, every hour, it's all driven to that cause. I want to just give you a sneak peek into what's coming up in the next, the second half of this year and into next year. You ready? Yes. Are you ready for this? Yes. Because you're a part of it. Look at your name and say, you're a part of this. You're a part of this. How many dream teamers? Come on, I see some hands. Who's a dream teamer? No? Oh, yes. These people right here. Keep your hands up. These people. Look around. These people are the ones that make this happen every single week because we believe that people need to know Jesus. So we're going to be shifting to two services very soon. You're like, well, we still got empty seats. That's okay. You know why we're doing it? We're doing it for a couple of reasons. One is because we want to make it more convenient for people to come to church. So if, if 10 o'clock doesn't work for them, well, what about if there's an 11? Right? We don't want people to be crowded. If you don't like sitting people around you, then come to the second service. It might be less empty than the first one. It doesn't matter. The point is we're giving more options to people. We already have a problem with parking. We can't park people here. Thank you, Ross and team, who managed to get us in and out of this place every single week. 
So we're looking at two services to help fix that problem. We don't want to be a hindrance. We want to be a help, whatever that looks like. However, more convenient we can make it so that someone that doesn't know Christ can find him, then it's worth it every moment of it, isn't it? It's worth every moment. We're going to be launching a brand new small group initiative this fall. I am pumped. Hear me about this. I'm excited about this. When we roll this out, I'm, I'm expecting everybody in this room to jump into a group. That just, that's how it's going to be. We're just going to all jump in because this, these groups are designed for two things, to build relationships with God and relationships with others. And that life change happens in the context of small groups. You've heard us say that over and over and over here. So we're going to do a new initiative on small groups. It's going to be amazing. You will not want to not be part of it. It's going to be incredible. We're enhancing growth track. Those of you that are in growth track today, we're having it as soon as church is over, about 15-minute break there for people to get out of here and us adjust. We're having growth track. Why do we have growth track? Because we want people to understand who Life Center is, what our vision is. We want people to know why we do what we do. We're not just here so you can check the Sunday go-to-church box. We're here to change, see lives change with the message of Jesus Christ. There's somebody in Essex today that does not know Christ rose for them. There's somebody in our community today that is hurting desperately and they need Jesus in their life. There's somebody today that has been wounded by religion so deeply that they do not believe God exists. That's the person we're after. Right? That is who we are after. So we're enhancing growth track to make it better. We're improving our digital footprint. I'm, I'm going to show you something that's incredible. We have a website. Uh, we have Facebook Live. We started recently. We're still working the bugs. Clearly, I was having issues today. We're working the bugs out. But there's a reason for this. It's not just because it seems like the nice thing to do. There's a church that I follow that has, they have a physical, well, it's not physical. They have a virtual online church. And I've got a website up here, and I think you guys can see the information. So scroll down to the location that I, we talked about earlier. So this is an online church platform. I want you to look at something here. 250,000 people every week attend this church in some form or fashion, virtually. 250,000 people. 238 countries or territories, people are logging into this online church. 115,000, oh, I'm sorry, 11,552 lives have been changed. In other words, they've They've prayed a prayer of repentance led by someone. There, there is actually, if you go to this website, there is actually an online church pastor. He has a team of people, and they have this thing is rolling constantly. And they have a little note in the side for church services that are being physically manned. And if you're watching one of those live events or one of those events that someone is manning the, the station, so to speak, you have a chat. You open up a chat, and you begin to converse with this person. They have a place for you to pray with that you can tether off to if you want to pray with someone. I mean, they are literally doing church virtue. You're like, you, you say, well, what, what? that doesn't make any sense. What's the point in that? I just showed you numbers. It's not a numbers game so that we can tout numbers. Pastor Scott said this many times. It's a numbers game because every additional number is one more person that has heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. So do numbers matter? You better believe they matter. Because every number represents a person, and every person represents someone that has a need. And every person that has a need needs to know that there's a Savior that loves them just like He loves you. And they can experience the same kind of life change that you have experienced by knowing Him. So we're going to work to increase 
our digital footprint to make that better. We're going to invest in our facility because this building's been here a minute. And we need to fit more people in here. We need to make it more versatile. We need to be able to do uh, community events. We need to be able to adjust our, our... We already do a lot in this building. We make that... I don't know. If you've come to our events, we'll turn this building... We did it one Sunday uh, last year. We were supposed to have an outdoor event. We couldn't have the outdoor event because it was raining like crazy. In 15 minutes, this became outdoors with the roof so we didn't get wet. We had a picnic, everything right in here. We can do what we need to do. Why? Because there's somebody that doesn't know Jesus yet. So whatever we have to do, if we have to pack tables and we have to fold chairs, it doesn't matter. That's why we're doing it. You guys clear why we do what we do? Because I could go a little longer if we need to talk about that. Worship team, you guys can come. We're investing in our facility. So to the, to the guys, Chris leads a group of guys that, that make sure the grass is mowed. Somebody dropped in this week and planted flowers in our bed. Harold's name will not be mentioned. <laughs> These are people that care about the facility, right? Why? Why? Why does it matter if the flowers look good? Why does it matter if the grass is cut? Because someone that drives and makes a turn at this corner that doesn't hit the building <laughs> needs to know that we're here. And if they ask the question, why are they there? I hope everybody in this room can answer it very simply. We're here for people that don't know much about Jesus and people that have been hurt deeply by religion. That's why we're here. You know, if your friend that you've been talking to doesn't like church too much, Just tell them we don't really like church too much either. <laughs> you know what I mean, right? It's about people. It's about people connecting with Jesus. And it's easy to get very caught up in a lot of things that need to happen and a lot of events we try to cover down on and, and programs and, and all those things that, that make up church what it is and the organizational structure what it is and the offerings we provide and all that and and sometimes I'll be honest with you sometimes we just get lost we get lost in in why are we doing it we get lost in the in the the whole drive behind it you know everybody on our staff to include pastor scott we're all bivocational people what does that mean that means we all have jobs so while we're working our daily jobs, we got to work on what's happening here. A lot of stuff goes into a Sunday. A lot of stuff goes into an event. A lot of planning, a lot of preparation, a lot of vision casting, a lot of are we staying on target. Let me tell you something. The reason why we, Pastor Scott and I, we, we sit around and we pray and we, we ask God for guidance when we put our sermon series together and we'll scrap them because we'll ask the question, is this reaching the people that we're called to reach? No, then let's scrap it. It doesn't matter. Well, it's a cool one. Who cares? Thank you. I'll give you that 20 later. The deal is, the deal is, it's, it, it's difficult until you bring it down to one simple thing. And it really is one thing. There's somebody that doesn't know much about Jesus. And there's somebody that's been deeply hurt by religion. And we just want to help those people. We just want them to know that Jesus loves them. 
regardless of how their life has turned out. It doesn't matter if you're good or you're horrible. There's a God that loves you. And if we're the people that have been given the ministry of reconciliation, then it's our job to reach those people. We may not be the prettiest, the shiniest, the fanciest. Yeah. (laughs) But I pray that if somebody that needs Jesus walks in this building, we don't stand in the way, but we make the connection easy. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for believing in what God's called us to do. Thank you for being a part of what God's called us to do. We have an amazing future ahead of us. So many lives are going to be changed when they hear that Jesus loves them. Amen. Father, thank you so much for today, for your presence, for every person that's here today. Thank you, God, that there is nothing impossible for you. I thank you, God, that you're challenging us, inspiring us to reach further than we've ever reached before, to live bold, God, for your kingdom and for your cause. We're part of a big church, part of a movement that you started with your blood. Pray, God, your blessings and favor on everyone here today. In Jesus' name.